Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans, and it is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I am what you would call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we view the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2021 MLB season. Enjoy. What's going on, everyone? Uh, Welcome to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. As always, Alex and Travis here uh, coming at you with the latest in the MLB world. Uh, today we're going to cover quite a few different topics. We're going to go over our current power rankings for, you know, our one through 10 of, you know, kind of who's hot in baseball right now, uh, who's on top of the league in terms of, you know, the 10 best uh, franchises in our opinion. We're also going to dive into, uh, our April sort of team of the month, you could call it sort of our all MLB team. Uh, we're going to go through like, uh, you know, the position players starting pitching a reliever and and awards as well, kind of cover it all. Uh, and we'll also kind of gloss over some of the other things that happened this week. And right now, guys, it is currently Sunday night. It is almost 8, 10 p.m. Just now, Travis, we saw the very last at-bat of Bryce Harper versus uh, Familia on the Mets. Almost an epic comeback. Yeah, it's it Sunday night baseball. Uh, really kind of showcasing, you know, the Mets and the Phillies are kind of showcasing how the NL East is a really tight race. Uh, no team is currently above 500. No team has a winning record, but it really feels like it's kind of anyone's race right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will probably be leaning towards Braves or Mets just because we know how good their rosters are. But in reality, the Phillies and the Nats are both right there as well. That's super, you know, super exciting a race to kind of follow early, early part of the season. But Travis, I also kind of want to touch on the Brewers versus Dodgers series we just watched. You and I both kind of had high hopes for Brewers coming into the year because how good their pitching is and because we know what Yelich is capable of. But I want to hear you kind of tell me about, you know, seeing that Dodgers lineup versus those Brewers pitchers. What do you think of that series? Yeah, I mean, the main takeaway from that series is the pitching staff for the Milwaukee Brewers is legit. It is elite. It can hang with the best offenses in the MLB. So what an exciting series. Uh, that kicked off on Thursday last week and then ended, of course, today um, in the afternoon. But, wow, I mean, I mean, we didn't get to see Burns, which was a little upsetting. But, you know, we got mm-hmm. to see Peralta and we got to see Woodruff. And, you know, how, how well of a performance they both did, it, it was really exciting. Even with the Dodgers, too, you know, even with their pitching staff and, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the Giants yeah. they have in the game right, right. now. I think Bauer pitched, uh, you know, he got the loss, but he, you know, went, I think, two earned. Uh, I think he threw eight innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he did his job more or less. That the 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 Brewers pitching was just good enough to prevent the Dodgers from you know the, the Dodgers bats from getting him that win. But uh, yeah, I I think that that series trust it. I want to say that it's very it feels very good to know that last week you and I were talking about mm-hmm. how Woodruff and Peralta and Burns are putting together these sort of great seasons so far, and then they sort of back us up they by do, yeah. the very yeah. next yeah. series. They go against the best offense in yeah. in the NL, if not the whole MLB. And it's not and it's, the, it's not the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's the Los Angeles. They're Dodgers. They're going against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they really obviously today, today a little bit today, a little bit of a different story. Today was you saw 
you saw the, the Dodgers the, were kind of angry, probably. The Brewers pretty much awoke the sleeping giant today because yeah. the Dodgers' offense was wow. I mean, <laughs> Pollock and uh, Matt Beatty. I, yeah. think, I think both guys had seven plus RBIs. It, it was, was they, it was they, com- they combined for fifteen, 15 RBIs, RBIs out of the sixteen runs the Dodgers scored, which that is a truly unreal sort of uh, the way that that kind of worked out. Like mm-hmm. to have these two mm-hmm. guys just whenever they somehow they came up in all the big moments and they pulled through every time. But yeah. I mean, obviously today, it really is kind of swings the run differential for the series, but just looking at the pitching performances from those first three games by the Brewers, it really kind of shows that, you know, they're not the Dodgers, but they are a legitimate mm-hmm. presence in the mm-hmm. National League. They can make a big splash in the postseason, you know, assuming they get definitely. there. Their record is, is definitely turning up, so. Definitely, and it definitely does prove as well as that, you know, to you know be a World Series championship team, you need to have the pitching, and Brewers right now. I mean, I feel great. The pit, the, the the offense, it'll it'll catch fire. I'm still not sold out. I'm still not sold that you know Yelich is going to be completely done with his offense. I think he's definitely right. a good presence up there at the plate. But uh, yeah, I mean, he staff. he hasn't had like a, a full healthy season yet. He's, no, no, he's missing time. And no, so, exactly. So um, it, it is. It's been the fact that they're winning and he's not even. Uh, the staple of their offense, yeah, you know, yeah, it kind of shows what the upside could look like, yep, you know, in a definitely. couple in a couple months, who knows where they'll be, but they definitely have the chance to take over their division and make a big splash in the National League. Yeah, with the way that the rest of the division, I mean, right now the the Reds are a little bit, you know, it, the Reds had a terrible terrible time going in last weekend. Then they go to L.A. and I and I think they're dead in the water. They take two or three, almost sweep the Dodgers. Yeah, and I'm I'm just like holy cow. And then this week they played this weekend they played pretty well against the Cubs. Uh, it, the Central is just an interesting division because, you know, the the Cardinals are a team you know that's going to be there in the end, and then the Brewers as well. The Reds are, you know, you just don't really know what you're going to get from them fully yet in, right. in, in 162 games. The Cubs, uh, you know, it's it's the same thing as well. And the Pirates, I think we can kind of all write off that. that yeah, that, 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 I, I feel comfortable. I yeah. feel comfortable yeah, just crossing the Pirates off the list. But but the Brewers have a really good shot. I mean, right now they literally look like, you know, a division favorite, if not, you know, a wild card. So it, it, it'll be a very interesting race down to the end, um, especially, you know, right now we're kind of, you know, still young in the season. Dude, what, but, what, what do you do if you're you, – the fact that you said wild card just now, I do think the Brewers have a good shot to win the division. If they don't, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You're, you're Craig Council. you got yeah. you got to figure out, am I pitching Burns or am I pitching Woodruff in that, in that wild card? What's, what's, that wild card what's nice is that Woodruff and Burns could be number ones on a lot of teams right now. And so oh, yeah. they literally could be – he could literally say, I'm going to go with Woodruff right now because he's my, he's my ace, he's my, he's my dog. But I'm going to say Burns for game one, game one of, the, of the NLDS or something like that. But – yeah, it's, it's the sky's it, the limit there with that rotation, and then um, and then with that that relief. I mean, I think Devin Williams will get back to a sort of a twenty twenty self. I know twenty twenty was a short sample size, so right. really we're getting the full sample size now, and he's not really performing like he did in twenty twenty. But I think he'll definitely get he'll he'll settle st- down. He'll stabilize somewhere in the middle for sure. Exactly. He'll be a really good setup guy. Exactly. And Peter's then, been elite and he's so far. Hater. He's still he's been who, absolutely who's, elite. Who's elite? Yeah, exactly. So that you know. It's it's fun to see these weekend you know series where you got you know Dodgers and Padres now you got Dodgers and Brewers you're already kind of seeing the setup for these playoff uh, playoff series so totally totally so uh, you know after covering that Travis I think it's a good time to transition into Absolutely. kind of who we see as our ten best teams mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, would you like to start us off? Would you like to give us our... Your, yeah, no, yeah. How no, you give I, us, I, I know you go t- first last time, yeah. so I'll, I'll start off this time. And I'll give you my first five, and then we'll cool. kind of you know, discuss it that way. But basically, when it comes down to the top 
five teams in baseball right now. This is looking, you know, also I wanted to, I want to tell everyone I'm looking at when I'm making these lists, I'm, I'm looking at the record, but I'm also looking at kind of like, you know, the team in, in a whole, you know, the roster and kind of, you know, what they've done, maybe they, what they've done recently. I know some teams might have, you know, a really good record, but it almost seems like, okay, well, they're playing the Pirates, they're playing the Tigers. The strength of schedule is super key. They're, sure. they're not playing the key teams that we all like to see, but I'll start it off. And for me, number one, I mean, after this weekend, I kind of was like, wow, you know, this team is a crazy presence in MLB, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow. So Milwaukee Brewers are my number one team right now. They are tied for first in the National League with the San Francisco Giants, which still blows my mind because if you had told people this at beginning of April, you would have said, are you kidding me? The right. Giants and the Brewers right now, top of the NL. But last 10 games, they've been 6-4. and four. Uh, came off, of course, this past weekend, almost swept the Dodgers in four games. Not in two games, not in three games. In four games, they almost swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I have them number one. Number two, I have the Boston Red Sox. Still being a strong team for me. They're tied for second in the AL. They have been, you know, they've been 500 the last 10 games. But just seeing, of course, you know, after that first series... To the, to the Baltimore Orioles, they just caught fire, and they really haven't stopped. I, I I see the Red Sox as just kind of this team that, you know, everyone kind of counted out, and they're just proving everyone wrong and proving all the writers, all the analysts, everyone that, you know, associated with MLB. Um, I, I, I like their kind of mentality they're going along with right now. Number three. Now, this one, I have the San Diego Padres. Okay. So, the Padres right now, they've been 6-4 and four the last 10 games. Basically, I want to choose this one as well because I think they've been playing really hot baseball. They actually just took two of three from San Francisco, which is the you know best record in the NL tied with the Brewers right now. So I thought that was really important, and the way they kind of handled uh, the Giants, it, you know, I, I think it was it was a pretty good beat down some of those nights. So I have that as well as also the series they played against the Dodgers last um, last week, and they played some very hot and heavy teams so far. So Padres number three, number four, then I'll lead to the the Dodgers. So. Dodgers right now number four, just because uh, you know last ten games have been I think nightmarish for Dave Roberts and for the fans and for the organization. Uh, you know, almost I mean losing the series to the Padres and then you also lose the series, almost get swept by just the Cincinnati Reds team that was down in the dumps and you know was on a crazy losing you know record for the past uh, previous ten games and then you know go into Milwaukee. And almost get swept by Milwaukee. They uh, finished the last ten games three and seven, so really not on a crazy streak right now. And so they're still second in the NL. They're still a powerhouse team. They're still going to be a team you don't want to play even tomorrow. They don't want to play them. So they're number four for me still. And then rounding out number five, I'm going to go back to the AL, and this is a team that actually has the best record in MLB. It's the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Royals best record in MLB. S- you know, I have the number five because they have been playing kind of the weaker competition. They right. played the Detroit Tigers, I believe, this past week. Um, you know, just haven't really seen huge critical wins out of them yet. I feel like they haven't, you know, really shown their, their true identity yet. I mean, a lot of teams will finish the first month, you know, on fire. But I still have that number five. I think, I think number, you know, in the top five is definitely a good spot for them because when you're the best in the MLB, you definitely deserve to be in the top five, if not the top three. But I just want to check their, uh, you know, the past couple games and series they've played. Um, teams, of course, are not been the best, but, you know, 
they are a strong team to uh, to to look at right now. But what, basically, I'll, I'll turn over to you. Let's let's see what your kind of top five is looking like right now. Sure. So we got some similar teams in the mix, but there are also some some key differences. Uh, I'll, I'll start off at the top. Uh, I still have the Dodgers at number one, Travis. And you do okay. Yeah. So th- that's already our first difference there. Um, I guess the what the, the reason why I have to I have to keep them at number one is just because. I guess besides today, obviously they put up 16 runs, which is super impressive. But their bats seems like they weren't super hot the last week or so. Mm-hmm. But I think the pitching is still there, and I still think that if the postseason started today, they're by far the favorite. I see, no, which is no. why I would have to put them number one. I just think that you know, even though the record is not top of the NL, even though you know maybe they're you know I think Mookie is maybe not as hot as he mm-hmm. would like to be right mm-hmm. now. Uh, Bellinger's obviously missing as well. Um, so there, there, there's reasons why they, I understand why you wouldn't have the number one, but for me, I see the pitching is still super, super good. Uh, I still see them being the best team in the NL as well as the MLB as of right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, if they keep on this trend that you mentioned, like you said, three, three of three and seven of the last 10 games, if that were to continue into the following week, um, they might start dropping off my list, but for now they're still number one, two, I have Boston who you, mm-hmm. I believe you had number two yep, as well. Yep. The Red Sox, I think it makes a lot of sense to have them as the number one spot of the American league. The bats are really good. The pitching is exceeding expectations, and the bullpen is way better than yeah, last year. Yeah, Matt Barnes is looking good in the bullpen. Absolutely. So I, I still have them number two. I think that's a, a I think they have that locked down right now mm-hmm. um, in terms of being the best team in the AL. Uh, three, I have the Brewers. So you had number one. Wow, okay. So the Brewers, uh, I, I'm totally buying in. I totally think that they're you know legit. The bats are not. Um, uh, absolutely incredible. They're, you know, it's almost the opposite of the Red Sox. Where like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the bats are doing. You know, Red Sox pitching is doing okay, but the bats are carrying them. Whereas the Brewers, I think the pitching is really carrying them, and the yeah. bats are okay. When Yelich comes back, they may continue to rise up my list. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for right now, uh, Brewers are my third team. Four actually have the White Sox, and that's wow, that's okay. a bit that's a bit of a curveball. Currently, they're only second in the Central. So uh, I have them above the Royals, who you had the Royals above the White Sox because you had them in your top five. Uh, I just see the White Sox as... So they're currently 15 and 11. I just see, you know, the fact that they're obviously missing Eloy. And then uh, overall, I think the team is just... um, I just think the White Sox right now are just super poised to take over their their division. Uh, The Royals, like you mentioned... Uh, have not had the strongest strength of schedule. I know they just uh, played Detroit recently. The White Sox actually played Detroit recently as well. Detroit just being a really kind of sad team. That I feel like teams are kind of stealing, just yeah. stealing oh, yeah. theories yeah. against them. Yeah. But um, I, I, I currently favor the White Sox over, over the Royals, and that's why they're in my top five. And then my fifth team is going to be the Padres, who you also okay. had in your top five. Okay. Padres, uh, they don't even need much explaining. Uh, when they're hot, they're the second-best team in the NL, possibly in baseball. So... Uh, I think they had to stay in my top five. Uh, the pitching has been good. Uh, Darvish keeps getting the job done. Uh, when Tatis and Machado are doing their thing, uh, Grisham's having a great year. I, I think the Padres need to be in the top five. So uh, and, and one thing I, I will say, with, one thing I will say with that is I know the record is kind of a. I guess right now you definitely would agree. Record is also a misleading kind of stat. It totally is, yeah. Especially this early in the season. Mm-hmm. You've seen teams go to probably twenty and ten the first month, and you're like, "This team is the best in baseball." You look at strength of schedule. You look at how they how they won games. You might say, "Oh my god, you know, maybe this team just they, they had three wins when you know the other team had you know walk off errors in you know the last innings and stuff and stuff like that." So I definitely understand that side of it where you look at okay, you know, who are the strong teams in the power rankings? And that's why power rankings gets kind of 
it gets confusing sometimes when you when you look at do you want to look at record just record or do you want to look at you know the actual you know how does the all around team look right so you kind of have to factor in the talent and you don't want to make the talent kind of outweigh the performances mm-hmm. but you got to look at how the individuals on the team are performing you got to look at the strength of schedule is I think super important uh, yep. the sample size is small um, for example I think if I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken right now the AL West there are four teams that are 500 yeah. or above yeah. and in the NL East there's no teams above 500 yeah. Yeah. so just that kind of fact kind of shows that like okay things in these kind of record trends mm-hmm. are going to shift dramatically in Definitely. 6 months Definitely. there's going to be more losing teams in the AL West there's going to be a, someone's going to be a winning team yeah. in the NL East Definitely. so these records are going to go up and down and uh Kind of judging off kind of what we see in these performances, I think is the best thing. So that's my that's my thought five. So Travis, how about you give me your six through ten? What do you got? Yeah, and six or ten. For I mean, I know for me and for probably you, it gets a little bit more you know tricky to kind of rank these teams. But uh, number six, kind of a little bit of a surpriser. I have the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. So St. Louis, uh, you know, one thing I do look at is I want to see, of course, like maybe like the last ten games, maybe a small sample size of you know how 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 they've been recently. So. Cardinals last ten games are eight and two, with a four game winning streak right now. Now, interesting. You look at the last, you know, the last two series they played were against the Phillies and against the Pirates. They uh, split with the Phillies, uh, took two and lost two, and then against Pittsburgh, of course, that is an easy sweep. So they won three zero. I just see them with you know, kind of like you said, the team has a lot of all star and you know elite potential talent. You have. Uh, Arenado, you have, you know, Paul DeYoung, who had a good week last week. You have uh, Goldschmidt, you have Flaherty, you still have Molina being that. Molina's actually having a great year so far. Exactly, having that Hall of Fame presence behind the plate. And so Dylan Carlson in the outfield being being an outstanding rookie this year. Uh, You know, the Cardinals are still a, you know, a major threat. I know the Brewers are still thinking, you know, we still have to beat this team, uh, you know, as the season progresses and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So I have the number six just because of how, you know, lately they've actually been proving to be very, very good. Uh, with the teams that they've been playing and also with the records. So Cardinals coming in number six. Number seven, I think I had to owe this team some justice because they're first, they're tied for first in the NL, and that's the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. So the Giants, I have at number seven right now in the power rankings. Uh, so far, been doing it very well. I mean, I think every Giants fan would agree <laughs> if we had this record by the end of April, I mean, we'd be, we'd be having a parade around the streets. Yeah. Uh, the Giants have been kind of a big surprise right now. I mean, at least leading the, the Dodgers in the NL West right now. No one even saw this coming. Uh, number seven for me is because they played the Padres this weekend, and they you know they lost series two, two games of three. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where you might have them beating the weak teams of the NL or the AL, but then, of course, when they go against some of the better elite teams of the uh, MLB, they're probably not going to win that series. And honestly, if the Giants play the Dodgers next week, I guarantee the Dodgers would probably win the series or sweep them. So yeah. it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where you know you look at the team's record, but also I want to look at you know how they've been lately. How how what how you know how strong is this team really? I will point out Giants pitching staff: Disclafani and Gosman. Wow, I mean they have been elite, Above and also Alex Wood too. Those kind of guys. It's just interesting that you have these guys that have been veteran, you know, pitchers on other teams and they come to the Giants and so far so good. So, I mean, the Giants have been very, very well with it comes to the pitching staff and also in the closer role of Jake McGee. Uh, coming in at number eight, I have the Houston Astros. Okay. And so Houston right now, 7-3 the last 10 games. 
uh, took three of four from Seattle the, this past week and also took two of three from Tampa. So I will say they are playing teams that are 500 or above right now, and they're actually doing a great job. Their offense, I still think, is probably one of the best in the AL. Um, missing Altuve as well. Missing right Altuve, but still putting up a ton of runs. And, you know, who can't blame when you got that offense still? Correa, Bregman, Gurriel, and, and, uh, and Jordan Alvarez as well. Uh, it's 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 definitely a, you know a threat to the MLB and as well as the AL. So I got uh, I got Houston at number eight. Number nine is now I go down to the Oakland A's, okay. which is kind of interesting because they're first in the AL West right now, which is kind of which is kind of crazy. And like I said, I think last time we did this, I had them in my in you know heavily favored because they were on a thirteen game winning streak. They were they were doing crazy, but. A's, you know, the last couple games, they, they split the series with Tampa, and then they right now they actually lost. They, they lost two of three from Baltimore. And so kind of a little bit of a poor ending to the week from uh, the Oakland A's, and only been 5-5 five and five the last 10 games. And so they've kind of hit a little bit of a slow bump, I would say. Um, and so we'll see what happens next. But I have them, you know, finishing out kind of number 9 in the power rankings. And then number 10, this is actually you had number 4. I have the White Sox of oh, Chicago. Yeah finishing out number 10. So right now they're third in the AL when it comes to record. So, of course, very impressive. And, uh, you know, last couple series of the week, they took two or three from Detroit, which should be, it's Detroit. Should be the standard. That's the standard, yeah. But also only took one out of three from Cleveland. And Cleveland is kind of like the Brewers. It's funny. Cleveland's pitching staff is dominant. The The offense is another, another, another spectrum yeah. uh, so out there. But... Yeah, it took only one of three from the Indians, and so I got to give them a little bit of you know p- punishment right now for that. But they're still, of course, a very strong team. So I run, I want to round out the White Sox being number ten. But that's finishing out my top ten. What do you got down for your uh, finishing out your top ten? So yeah, I'll start off at six. Uh, six, I actually have Houston. They're okay. a little bit higher okay. than you had them, but uh, I think we both are kind of in agreement on mm-hmm. kind of their potential. Yeah. We both have them above the A's. Which uh, I think you'd probably agree is a lot to do with the strength of schedule. Yep. Even though the A's have the better record right now, and they actually have. I mean, I think this year what Oakland's only won two two games out of like five or six against Houston. So yeah, it, Houston right. has been you know beaten up on the A's and as well as the other teams in the AL West. And Houston's also been doing well against the Angels. So yeah. if, if they kind of continue the way they can, uh, if they kind of continue their dominance of the division, it's gonna be really good for them since they're gonna be playing us so much. But. Um, yeah, so I got Houston at number six. The offense is really good. The pitching is kind of a little bit better than we maybe thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, losing Verlander, losing Framber for the you know for extended amount of time, mm-hmm. it's not really uh, made them lose a step. Uh, Gurriel's kind of having a career year right now. Yeah, we'll see how long that can uh, maintain. But even without Altuve, their lineup looks super good. Correa is doing well. Brantley's doing well. So, um, they're they're my sixth team. Seven, I got Oakland right behind them. Okay. Uh, Oakland, like we said, uh, the better record, uh, best record in the AL West, but uh, the strength of schedule is just kind of, kind of gives me pause with them. Um, they did uh, get the job done uh, today, but and you know what they they've yet to play the Los Angeles Angels, so who knows what's gonna happen there? <laughs> but, they have not played them yet, and so you know. I think that's a little bit of a weak schedule, if I, if I have to say that. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I guess what I'll say about the A's is currently, um, like you said, they lost the series to Baltimore, and they also lost uh, some games to the Rays. Who These are other good teams, but the Rays right now are actually last in the AL East, so obviously a very talented really team. Okay. But um, 
I, I, I just kind of see the teams that they're playing, and it doesn't, nothing, nothing impresses me greatly. And obviously, uh, they still have to be in my top ten because of that record and the fact that they're leading our division. Uh, you know, but for me, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna be my seventh team. After that, I'm gonna go down to the eighth team, and I have the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Um, like you said, they really deserve to be on this list, mm-hmm. even though I don't think the talent really merits it. Mm-hmm. The performance as of right now. Uh, it, it it it'd be disrespectful not to include yeah. them. Being um, being number one in, in in your league is a definite number. You know, yeah. sh- you should be in the top ten. Yeah. Not saying you should be number one, but you should be in the top right. ten. And, we, and their record is significantly above five hundred right now. So you really have to have to give them the the nod. Uh, so they're my eighth team. I'm glad that we both have them uh, ranked below the Dodgers and the Padres, even though they have the better record um, than those teams. I think that kind of just you kind of look at the strength of schedule like always, and you kind of look at where will this team be in a month from now and two months from now. Mm-hmm. And I think we both kind of think, see the same thing coming. Definitely. But right now, they do deserve the credit. Now I have the Cardinals. And okay. so the Cardinals is a team you were high on as well. Um, I think they've just been playing super good baseball. Uh, I think Flaherty actually leads the MLB and wins, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's tied for the lead. So he's, I think so, he's, yeah. He's been super good. Um, overall the bats are are good they just feel like a really complete team Mm -hmm. a lot of depth to them much more I think they have a lot more depth uh, at least offensively than the Brewers I think that should be a very exciting divisional kind of matchup to be tracking throughout this season I think the division really comes down to those two teams and Mm -hmm. what's going to happen when they continue to play each other in these series so uh, Cardinals are currently my nine team and they have the potential to really rise if they can kind of keep up this last week uh, keep it up going forward and my tenth team, I actually have Toronto, which is kind of nice, kind nice. of kind of a sneaky uh, sneak sneaking into the tenth spot. Um, I just, just finish up a sweep with uh, uh, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, right? I, I they really are kind of beating up on different teams recently. Um, I feel like they're hot right now. Guerrero Junior. obviously is is kind of hitting almost that superstar stride yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, well, doing doing things his dad never did, and that's a three home run game this past week. Yeah, I, I think if he can if he can make this his like kind of breakout year where he really yeah. becomes like a the perennial all star type of yes, player that yeah. we know he has the talent to do. If he can keep that up, um, we know Bichette's gonna continue heating up. He's not really at his uh, career averages right now. Um, Bichette's also, or sorry, uh, Biggio's also dealt with injury so mm-hmm. far. Um, and Ryu's been super super dominant, like he consistently is year in and year out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how they round out. But right now, I kind of had to include them. I just felt like, uh, I feel like they're just kind of. Uh, there's kind of going to be a pest in that in that AL East. They're really going to kind of put the pressure on the the Red Sox and the Yankees and any team that tries to run away with the division. I think the Blue Jays will be kind of nipping at their heels, kind of Definitely. staying in that race. Um, I also want to mention that I was really wrestling for the tenth spot between Toronto and Seattle because I feel like they're very similar teams where I don't see them winning their divisions, but they're both kind of putting on these performances uh, so far in the season where. I think they're just going to kind of keep bugging the top seeds of their division. I think they're going to keep sort of being these like kind of pests. Yeah. They have, uh, you know, uh, offenses that are exceeding expectations. They have uh, solid pitching staffs. Um, I, I, just, I just see those two teams as like uh, very equivalent. But I, I had to give the Blue Jays the nod just based on, uh, I think, strength of schedule right now is yeah. favoring them. So yeah. I, I went with them. But agree with that. And so that kind of rounds out my top 10. We'll revisit this in a couple weeks, Travis, and we'll kind of see what we think of these teams at that point but as of right now I think we're both kind of in agreement on a lot of like uh, kind of thoughts on where these teams stand amongst their peers right now 
But now we want to get into a kind of our first time doing this new new uh, section, Travis. Why don't you yeah. introduce that? Yeah, I mean, right now it, it's exciting when you get to uh, you know kind of be creative and kind of create your roster and create like almost you'd say your dream team. So uh, every month. Uh, every new month of the uh, of the MLB season, we ha- we want to kind of give you guys an update about you know what we think should be and what what the all MLB team looks like to us. Right. And I, I know it's probably pretty you know pretty spot on with also most of the voters and all most analysts too. We just of course want to give you our opinion on uh, you know certain positions why we might have certain players here or there. Um, you know our our five man rotation so far in the all MLB and also uh, you know our closer as well because I know they actually just added this on. Not too long ago, a couple of years ago, they started doing the all MLB team. That was, I think, also it was a players, it was a voter, or it was the players, it was also the sports writers, I think it was also the fans. And okay. a lot of analysts were saying this would be a great tool when people come to look at a Hall of Fame status. Right. You know, some guys may never win MVPs, but every single year they're in the top five or top ten. I think this is a great tool using an all MLB team to look at okay, this guy was the best right fielder or the best second yeah, baseman it, for four straight years. If you're leading your position mm-hmm. year in, year out, it's definitely a huge plus, even if you're not one of those MVP awards. Exactly. So essentially, Travis, if the season ended today, this would be our All-MLB team. We're specifically looking at definitely. the month of April. Uh, would you like to kick us off? I guess we'll start with what the position players. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah definitely. Go and, for and, it. And you know what? <laughs> it's going to be, I, I, I'm wondering, I think we might have the same, but basically for me, starting out with the catcher, All-MLB catcher, it's kind of a surprise, but I'm going to be going with Carson Kelly. Interesting. 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 So Carson Kelly uh, really, I mean, burst onto the spot this year so far. Now, he came from uh, St. Louis in the trade for Paul Goldschmidt. He was kind of a high prospect in St. Louis, but they knew they had Molina, and Molina was right. you know, not going to leave anytime soon, so they said, we well, I have to ship this guy away. Goes to the Diamondbacks, plays a couple seasons for the Diamondbacks, not really a special player. But right now, so far, I mean, he's broken out, and he is doing unspeakable things at the catching position, I want to say, at least. Right. right now, has a 339 batting average from a catching position. That is currently leading all catchers in MLB. He's currently leading all catchers in RBIs, and that is 17. Leading all catchers in on-base percentage. He's actually leading the NL in on-base percentage right now, and he's a catcher. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just crazy. So he's leading all of catchers in on-base He's leading all catchers in slugging, almost a 700 slugging percent, or 700 yeah. slugging. And that, that, that to me is just, that, that, that's crazy coming out of a catcher also. Even for just a month, seeing that kind of numbers exactly. from a catcher in exactly. general for any stretch is impressive. It is impressive. And also, of course, with leading on base and slugging, he's also leading in OPS and he's also leading in OPS+. plus. So, I mean, I think it was a pretty easy pick for me for catcher because he has really burst onto the scene and has, you know, had a really, really impressive start to the 2021 campaign. Yeah, so... Uh, I'll pass it over to you, and I'll right. see what you're looking at for catcher. Yeah, so for catcher, Travis, we agree. Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have to go with Kelly as well. No debate there, okay. Yeah, uh, you, you did a great job of wrapping it up. You went over his, you know, his his elite hitting right now. Currently, I will add, he is currently fourth amongst position players in, uh, in baseball reference war. Uh... He's got 1.8, which is only behind Buxton, Trout, J.D. Martinez, and then there you go, Kelly. Mm-hmm. He's actually above guys like Acuna, Guerrero Jr. Uh, he's actually above those guys. And so seeing you know this kind of catcher come out of nowhere yeah. for the Diamondbacks, uh, putting up just elite numbers, batting in the middle of their order, 
uh, kind of doing everything at the plate as well as you know leading the pitching staff. Like he's just been doing a great job. So and it's funny to me that his his I think his at bats are like in the fifties. He doesn't have you know certain people right now in the major leagues already have one hundred and ten at bats. Sure. He has not played as many games as most people, but you see he's putting up this the numbers that you know the the numbers that you'll see when people you know play a lot of at bats or a lot of games. He's still leading the NL in um, RBIs when it comes to catchers, and so yeah. he's still being you know as productive as any catcher in the major leagues right now. And so yeah, he's really high spot there. For I sure. had to definitely respect him um, with the way that he started the season out. So, um, but let's move on to the first base position, and I want to start with you to kind of give me who you are uh, looking at for that spot. Okay, uh, taking it to me. So I have Vladdy Guerrero Jr. there right now uh, okay. playing first base. For me, I didn't have to think about it too much. I just think he's just been super elite at the plate. Uh, currently, he is fifth in the um, uh, most yeah most position players. He's fifth in uh, OPS. He's one point one four six. That's that's fifth best. That's only behind Trout, Buxton, Acuna, and Martinez, who are all these kind of outfielder DH types. He's the first baseman. He's right up there with them. Uh, I just see him as like you know he's a premier bat. He's really kind of. Uh, He's really almost burst out of the MVP conversation right now, if you were talking like no. first month of the season. So I had to give him the nod. He is really carrying the offense of um, the Toronto Blue Jays, who were missing Springer all the way up until just this last weekend. So uh, I'm super impressed with what he's done. Uh, as a first baseman, he had to be my pick. I mm-hmm. didn't see it any mm-hmm. other way. So mm-hmm. uh, do you agree, or, or we got something different, Travis? This is where we kind of you know, wow. separate. Okay. Um, but for first base... No, I'm just kidding. I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay, okay, okay. Not too much contesting there. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in my eyes as well. It's kind of an easy pick as Ed Catcher. He's really caught your eye this this first month of the season um, so far. I mean, with with the on-base almost at 500 and the slugging at 651, I mean, how could you not? I mean, right now he literally is leading all uh, first basemen in on-base slugging, OPS and OPS+. Uh, he is, I mean, rounding out to be a, a really, really impressive, you know, power hitter as well as also the batting average, batting three fifty right now on the season. So right, I'll add a few things to his case as well. You, you yeah, you summarize the on base and the slugging, but currently he's walking in nineteen point six percent of his at bats. Wow, that is almost a fifth of his at bats he's getting yep. a walk. That yep. is super high. Yep. that's more than Mike Trout. That's more than J D Martinez. That's more than Acuna. That's more than anyone I can see that's really in the in the MVP kind of race. He's just he's absolutely running away with the walk percent, and he's only striking out fifteen percent. So he's walking more wow. than he's striking out for a first baseman. That's super impressive. And his WRC plus, which is kind of like the all around hitting stat, mm-hmm. is you know how good are you amongst the rest of the MLB at hitting? He's third in according to Fangraphs. So uh, that that's just he's the third best hitter in in baseball. And no first baseman's above him, so he has to be our, our it was, first baseman. It, it was a little painful because I, I know he hasn't played a lot of first base, but I was like, man, it's Jared Walsh. You know, Jared Walsh has been Travis, my if, guy if, right now. If, I mean, Vladimir Guerrero, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was not, uh, if he was just not playing baseball, if he was doing something else, it would be Jared Walsh. Yes, Jared I, Walsh too. It, it's, it's, it's very sad we had to snub him. but there's just, not even an honorable mention, I'll, I'll there, say that. There's just no way around it. Yeah. Uh, it had to be Guerrero Jr. He absolutely earned it. Uh, so I'll pick a you then for uh, second base. Who do you got? Uh, so yeah, second base, this is kind of an interesting one because I mean, he, <laughs> he he's a guy that you just don't really think about, but I have Nick Solak. Yeah. Nick Solak of the Texas Rangers, uh, the second baseman, you know, Right now, having a war uh, with the 2021 season at a 1.2 war right now. And, I mean, that, that, that to me is really incredible. I mean, con- considering the Texas Rangers and how, you know, 
poor, a lot of people picked them to be when it came to, you know, they didn't have the position players to be, you know, even an impact in the AL. But, you know, Nick Solak's really showing them right now. Seven home runs in April. Yeah, that's tied, huge. That's huge. Tied for the home run lead in its April. I mean, insane. I mean, batting above 300, an on-base of 380, a slugging of 534, and an OPS of 913. He actually leads all second basemen in MLB in OPS right now. And so I think he was he was an interesting one because I was looking at a couple other guys and trying to see, you know, what what about, you know, him or them makes it, you know, kind of a unique, you know, selection. One thing I do like when I look at this stuff is I want to make sure you're playing, you know, a good majority of your spots at that position. One guy uh, that, that totally rings bell is uh, Ryan McMahon for the Rockies. Had an absolute crazy April. He's going to be... Um, on you know definitely on the uh, on the eyes of many voters when it comes to awards and all that kind of stuff just because of the power he put out right a slower um, slugger type for sure kind of you know taking over I want to say that Rockies franchise because no one really knows what Blackman Story and Marquez are going to be like in a year what jersey they're going to be wearing because they could be on the trade block this guy McMahon could be kind of that new Rockies franchise player so. It's interesting to see what he's doing, but I think he had a lot of games at third base and at second base, and I think also at other positions as well. So I have Nick Solak at my second base for the All-MLB right now. And Travis, so far, going on to our third position, we agree again. So, <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's no... No way, dispute right now. There's right. no way not to have Solak as, as the second baseman of, of, the, of the MLB right now. You summed it up great. Yeah, he's 17th in the MLB in WRC Plus at 162. There's no second basemen that are above him. No. He's the best hitting second baseman right now. Like you said, the seven home runs is super... I mean, yeah, he's... yeah, No second baseman's hitting the ball quite like he is. Yeah. He's, he's like the premier bat of the Texas Rangers right now. Mm-hmm. And it's impressive that he, he also, you know, rivaling and dealing with a guy named DJ LeMahieu right now who right. isn't even putting up that numbers. And you would have thought right now, oh, DJ will be the number one second baseman for the all, all months of the 2021 season. Yeah, but. And, and Altuve injury as well yes. is kind of keeping him out of that yep. race. But, but yeah... Uh, there's just really no second baseman that is uh, even in the conversation in my mind. Definitely. Really, I Definitely. think it's just it's it's just also locked right now uh, mm-hmm. for that conversation. We'll see if anyone can catch up, but right now it's all him. So, I guess I'll swing it over to shortstop. Let's do. Uh, let's actually start with third base. I want to do third base right now. Just say. Uh, just uh, Okay. I'll just I'll just say that then. Okay. And so Travis, I'll now kick it over to you for uh, a third base pick. So third base. Who's pick, your okay. third base uh, all MLB? <laughs> so third base right now is surprisingly with how many studs we have at third base, we kind of have the consistent vet looking good right now, and that's Justin Turner. For okay. The Dodgers right yeah. now. Yeah. Very very strong first start of the of the you know twenty twenty one season. You know, this guy, it's funny, he consistently kind of has an on-base always in the 400s. He, he always is very good when it comes to getting on-base. Super good walker, yeah. Average this year is looking really nice. I mean, 327, putting up good power numbers, six home runs. Uh, you know, slugging right now of a 582. And then you look at an OPS right now of 990. Almost 1,000 OPS as we start out the first month. And he's actually leading all third basemen right now in OPS for all of MLB. So I had to give him a nod because... You know what? When you know you're performing like this, and you know you've consistently been performing like this, I gotta give you a lot of credit. And Justin Turner has really kind of been, you know, I want to say he's still that spark for that Los Angeles Dodgers team. It's crazy how all these years he keeps. It's a star-studded lineup. It right? is. It's a star-studded offense, and every year, year in year out, he's batting third, which yep. is kind of the you think of as the kind of the premier spot of the lineup. Not Bellinger, and not he, Mookie. And yeah, he's not. He's not the. 
He's not. He's not even like an all star year in year out. He's no, like, he does no. not make teams every year. But he is consistently batting third in that stack lineup, and he earns it every year. So he I, does. I agree. With, I, I like that pick. He does. So and that, that that's really as I look at it as well. I mean, it, like you said, it, it's funny how he is. He, I, I don't really necessarily see him being a Hall of Famer, but it's funny how you look at like the Dodgers team in the past four years. It's it's a Hall of Fame like it will oh, be yeah. remembered as oh my god it's a historic historic the, franchise those. Yeah. Those, you know, early 20s Dodgers, but it's like you look at who led that team on the offense side. It's Justin Turner. I mean, he literally yeah. has been the spark plug he's, for that team. He's the heartbeat for sure. He is. He is. And so, number three, or at the third base position for that, um, I'm guessing, did you have my had the same thing as well? Or did something maybe so, switch at this point? I- interestingly enough, I do like that pick a lot. I actually went a different direction. So, Ooh, it's our, okay. first, our first disagreement, disagreement. so far. Um, this is just a guy who has gotten very hot as of late. And he actually got even hotter today, but uh, we're only focusing on April. So even discounting what he did today, uh, I still had to go with Chris Bryant, actually. I think wow, Chris, okay. Chris okay. Bryant, I think just the season he's put on so far, uh, I do believe it is a it is a contract year for him. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's trying to earn another contract. I think he's trying to show off that his best years, uh, you know, he's still got very good years ahead. I'll say that. I think that he's trying to make a case for himself going forward. So uh, just looking at some of his numbers... He currently has a, a 1.5 war according to Fangraphs. That is lead third baseman. Um, and yeah, that war for me is just a super impressive number. Uh, Justin Turner currently at 1.1. That, you know, Fangraphs war for me, I just looked at those two numbers and it kind of swayed me towards the direction of Bryant. I do see the argument for Turner. They have actually very similar numbers. Uh, their walk rate is almost identical. 12.3% of at-bats are walks for Bryant, 12.2% are for Turner. Their strikeouts are both in the low 20%. Um, you know, Bryant's average is not as good, and his on-base is not as good, but his slugging is, is about 50 points higher. So, okay. uh, super similar offenses, uh, offensive numbers, both solid defensively. Um, you know, both are hitting in the middle of their team's lineups. I went with Bryant. I see the pick both ways, but I think Bryant is really heating up at the right time. Uh, I think even going forward into the next month, he's going to continue to kind of put up these kind of numbers. I think he's going to make a case for like a National League, maybe a silver slugger for a third base. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. And, and it's interesting that, you know, me and you, when we look at third baseman in like MLB, we, you know, I, I think of, you know, Rendon, Arenado, Bregman. You it's think funny of these, because... You think of these guys, but right now, I mean, I will say none of those guys are clicking. I mean, right now, I mean, Rendon had a little bit of a slump. He's getting out of it, as we see. Oh, right. Arenado as well. Maybe just adjusting to a new team and a new franchise and a new home. And then Bregman, I know he's been a little bit injured on the injury bug, but it's just like these are three elite third basemen, and we're not even talking about them right now in, it, it, in our consideration. Right. So. You, you, I, think la- I think ending last season, if you were to make a top five uh, first baseman, or sorry, top five third baseman in the entire MLB, both these two guys we just mentioned as our April third baseman are not even on that top five. No, not Jose at all. Ramirez, yeah. Manny Machado, exactly. Bregman, Rendon, Arenado. Yep, yep. Five guys are probably, you think of as better. Did you just say five guys? That's actually a great burger joint. Try to <laughs> well, I don't know why you said that. Now I'm just going to get hungry. But um, those those five third basemen, how about that? Those, yes, five, that's those, good, those yeah. five third basemen are all uh, sort of like all league type guys. But right now, month of April, like as we mentioned, Turner, Bryant, they're putting on a big show. So mm-hmm. I've got to be showed credit to them. Definitely. So definitely. Uh, I guess we're going over to shortstop now. Shortstop. Do you want to start that one off? I'll let you start that one. Okay. So for me, I was kind of going between two different guys mm-hmm. for shortstop. Mm-hmm. And I ended up settling on Trey Turner. Interesting. Trey okay. Turner was my pick. 
for the all MLB shortstop in the month of April. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I was really between him and Xander Bogarts because Bogarts' bat is slightly better right now mm-hmm. in, in most categories. But I think just the kind of almost five-tool nature of, uh-huh. of, of Turner, um, especially what he can do in the base path, I believe he's leading or tied for the lead in steals uh, perhaps in the MLB. And he also uh, has not gotten caught stealing yet, which is super impressive as well. Um, the defense is, is better than Bogart's, um, and the bat is still very, very good. Um, everything he's done uh, offensively, the Nationals, I feel like, are really counting on him to kind of almost duplicate what he did last year when he kind of had like a breakout offensive type season. Um, like I said, he's still not as good of a hitter as Bogart's as of this season, but I had to give him some serious props. He's currently has a 143 um, WRC plus and a 1.2 war which, according to Fangraphs, which is higher than the mm-hmm. value of, of Bogarts. So uh, I went with Turner, but uh, Travis, are you going to agree or are you going to go a different direction here? You know, Turner is a fantastic player. I love how he is so versatile. He can play so many different spots. He can play second and short. He could also play all outfield spots. I went, at least you gave you gave the other guy credit. And right. So I went the other way and I went the other direction. I went Xander Bogarts right now right. because, like you said, hitting, of course, is... Uh, Starting off fantastic, leading the MLB shortstops in OPS. Um, looking at all that, and as well as you know, at batting average, he is he's on on another planet right now. The batting average too, he's still batting above three thirty, uh, and you know also he is on a star-studded team right now. I mean the way the Red Sox are playing, I think he's also like that heartbeat for the Red Sox. He's probably I think he is one of the longest uh, tenured Red Sox right now on the uh-huh. team. And I think he's like that Justin Turner where he kind of makes that team beat when it comes to the offense. Yeah. Uh, Bogarts is always going to be batting in the middle of the lineup. And so you can always count on him. I, I think, think I think right now he's doing fantastic. And uh, I, I really noticed him as my, you know, shortstop right now going into uh, May and, you know, kind of leading the shortstops for April. So all MLB is, is Bogarts. But you know what? I know those two guys are tight in a race. Uh, for, for, for that position I, right now. I, I do like that in the left side of the infield, third base and shortstop. We both kind of we both kind of agree that there are, it's a two-man race right yes, now, and we're yeah. kind of showing credit to uh, multiple different guys. Um, Bogarts, like you mentioned, has the better average and the better on base in comparison to Turner, but Trey Turner, uh, I believe actually tied in slugging. Uh, you know, the OPS and the WRC+, Plus, that's all favoring Bogarts uh, by a bit. But I just think the defense and the base running for me, no, I gave this slight edge to Turner. I it's, totally understand it's that a, too. It, it's it's an easily uh, it's easily a, a tight two man race. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm glad we gave both some credit. I, I definitely like how you, you notice the five tool players and you know what they can do on that. And moving forward to the outfield, I mean, you talk about five tool players, and I I really about, hope and I think we have the same outfielders because if we don't, this might be a little bit more of a heated debate. Yeah, this might be this might get this might get I, tense. I, I think these are pretty one of probably the easiest decisions we can make in the month of April and right now. So I'll, I'll start it off and I'll just I'll give the three names and I don't even know if we're allowed to give explanations. Go start it off. It's gonna be Acuna Jr., it's gonna be Trout, and it's gonna be Buxton. That's all I'm gonna say. What do you have? We agree. Okay, good. <laughs> so like you said, it is truly it is truly a, a simple decision. It's it is just three guys. Then there's a gap. It is three guys. And then there's the rest of the pack. And these three guys, I mean, you can't get more five tool than these three guys. I mean, they are putting out numbers that are I mean, just so elite right now in the first month of the season. Acuna Jr., we've seen what he's done at the plate already and just kind of 
being that you know most exciting player in baseball right now. And then, of course, Mike Trout. I mean, don't forget about this guy. He's still putting on a absolute show. And he's still putting up better numbers than almost every player in the MLB. And he's still he's still doing it. And you know what? He was injured a little bit, got got hit in the in the elbow a couple weeks back. But you know what? He's still doing, he's still putting up the numbers. You look at Buxton as well, and this guy, I mean, the speed. I mean, I look at the speed, I look at the fielding, I look at the arm. That is all Hall of Fame. That is all yeah. Hall of Fame. All world, best in the world type guy. This yeah. guy literally had to get the contact and the power up a little bit more to be looked at as an MVP kind of candidate. And he's done it so far in April. I mean, I, I, I have been very impressed with Byron Bucks, and I'm glad that he's finally bursting out onto the scene that we all thought he would do. Uh, and, and it's really nice seeing these three outfielders kind of cream of the crop of the major leagues right now. I mean, I know... We could talk all day about these guys. Yeah, I. I so looking at like the uh, the on base plus like the OPS leaderboards right now, Trout is number one at one uh one thousand three hundred thirty two, Buxton is second at one thousand three hundred seven, and Acuna is third at one thousand one hundred ninety, and right after them is is J D Martinez who's a DH. Uh, so there's really just a top three and then mm-hmm. the rest of the pack. I'm glad we're in agreement. Uh, I'm glad we didn't try to get too tricky with it. Um, <laughs> we picked two, th- uh, sorry, we picked three five tool players, yep. three guys who are really uh, the uh, just sort of the the alpha in their lineups. Yep. Three yep. guys who are uh, putting on just career performances. It'd be really interesting to see if they can keep this up and sort of be in that MVP conversation Definitely. when it comes to an end. So. And what's interesting, too, is you look 30 days ago, if you would have said, give me your top three outfitters by the end of April, I think we all would have agreed Trout, the yeah. guy Soto, yeah. and we all would have agreed Betts. I right. Think, I, I think that would be very consensus. That, it would that, be very that consensus. That is almost automatic. I mean, I'm still praising that Soto's going to come back and be what we've seen him before right. But right now of course in April he's been kind of in the shadows and so yeah. had some had missed some games exactly exactly Betts has been a, in a bit of a slump but mm-hmm. we all know what he's capable of on a, on, a, on a good year so and we can definitely see this you know in May you could definitely see this change but I think right now outfield with the way these guys are playing and the way they were coming into the season they are almost the real deal I, I don't see any of these guys you know leaving just like looking at the infield I, I can see a lot of those guys leaving. I can see a lot of those guys go, dropping down and new guys rising up. So right. Alpha right now is very strong. It is the alpha elite players of the MLB. So I'll swing over to you now for DH. Right. Designated hitter, all MLB right now. It. I will say this. It was it was it was interesting, kind of looking at some stuff. But I think there were some we things might... to look at. Mm-hmm. But I really hope we agree. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we will. Mm-hmm. My all MLB DH for April is JD Martinez. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. You're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna trick me this time. No, no, um, no. Your, your mom Mercedes. Man, yeah. I he he's put together a, a great April, but I you have to go Martinez in my opinion. Easily. Three hundred sixty one batting average. We're talking about uh, a four forty six on base, which is a six in the bigs, uh, and then the slugging, what he's known for, seven forty two. Super great. That's good for the fourth best OPS. Um, in um, in and he's only he's only behind those three outfielders we mentioned the okay. three the three consensus best outfielders and then you know the best DH right behind them mm-hmm. he's just really doing it all he's towards the top of the world leaderboards as a DH which is actually very difficult to do you don't see that very yeah. often yeah DHs often uh really take a ding because they don't play any defense by definition mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. miss half half the game they're not even playing and so they they usually take a dip on the war but he's still towards the very top of position players in terms of war. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer for me. Obviously, Mercedes and maybe a couple other guys 
deserve some looks, but for me, uh, Martinez was more or less just kind of a shoe in. How about you? I you know I, I looked at you know my first draft of this. I actually had Mercedes as my DH. Really? Yeah. I was giving him credit because of how you know how he just literally burst onto the scene and from day one was against the Angels. I mean five for five that first uh, game of the season. But I looked kind of into a deeper dive, and I'm like, you know, DH. I mean, you're looking at the guy that, you know, not only is going to slug, but, I mean, batting average. You look at all the all-around player, and I, I just couldn't get away from J.D. Martinez. Also with the team's success, why right. have the Red Sox been winning? It's because yeah. of J.D. Martinez, and yeah. that's a big reason you're, why we're that offense. You're, you're the best, you're the best uh, hitting player on the best offense in the American League. Definitely. It makes a lot of sense why we pick him. Uh, I agree Mercedes deserves uh, to be looked at, but... I'm glad we kept it simple, didn't uh, overthink it. Martinez, the home runs, and then overall the average, the on-base slugging, it's all the best of any DH. You, mm-hmm. know, you had to give it to him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we got on that. So, too. Travis, I think it's time. We think we've exhausted all the position players. Yep. Yep. I think it's time to get into starting pitching. That's, yeah. So why don't you give me your five? Let's go straight five. All right, so start straight five. And I think we're, I think number one, we're going to have a good we're having a good grasp on that. Yeah. So, number one, Jacob DeGrom. Okay. I, again, I, I think he's in a class where he's like Trout. I, I don't even need to explain anything about him. I can go all, bit, all day about his numbers. Yeah, go, go look up the numbers for yourself, folks. Yeah. You, you'll see. You'll Jacob DeGrom, number one. And you know what? This really isn't order for who I think is second, who's third. I'm just going to say my top five. Okay, go. DeGrom. Danny Duffy. Okay. That's going to be a goal we'll discuss in a bit. Garrett Cole is my third. Corbin Burns as my fourth. Number five, Tyler Glasnow. Okay. That is my five-man rotation for my all-MLB team. I'll swing it over to you, and you can give me your top five, and then we will, of course, discuss. Because I'm guessing we'll we, get have, into it. we have majority probably that are definitely the right. same. But I, 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 I we have a couple two outliers that right. are going to be... I think there are, there are three guys. I'll, I'll go into my five okay. now, guys. So I think there are three guys that I knew for sure, for sure, for sure, we would agree on. Mm-hmm. That being Jacob DeGrom, yep. Garrett Cole... Mm-hmm. And Corbin Burns. Yes. I think yep. they are just putting up uh, monstrous Aprils. You just look at the numbers, and there's really no denying it. What, what was that? What was that stat you showed me earlier? Yeah, that was just, just Corbin Burns. Just yeah. before we be- began recording, folks, I was uh, just kind of glossing over the Baseball Reference twenty twenty one season leaderboards. And if you look at strikeouts per walk, uh, the leaderboards, Cole is rocking a m- insane twenty strikeouts per walk. He gets twenty strikeouts for every walk he gives up. That's an incredible number, but it's only good for second because Corbin Burns has allowed no walks still, so his strikeouts per walk is infinity. If you go look on Baseball Reference next to Corbin Burns' strikeouts per walk, it literally shows an infinity sign. That just is completely unreal to do that for a whole month. To you're pitching, you know, he's not like he's like missing starts and stuff. He's pitching no. regularly and has given up no walks still. I mean, that, it's that... truly a mind-boggling thing. I'm glad we agree on that top three there. I, I think you could tell every kid in the world to do that in a video game. Oh, and I think they could do it. They would fail it, it's, in a video it, game. It's, it's video game numbers that I, I just can't believe yeah. what, I'm, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, and it, it's, it's truly remarkable. So, yeah, my, like I said, my, my frontline three, I'm going DeGrom, Cole, Burns, uh, my four is Glass now, so we also have okay. Glass now on top okay. five. Okay, so we got four of the five on the ground. I, I really do think he has earned it. If I just go into the sort of pitching leaderboards on fan graphs, if I look at like a, a war, the leaderboard, the top four is Cole, DeGrom, Burns, and Glass now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a bit of a gap and it goes down to some other guys. 
But um, I, for me, they were my they were my four. And I'm glad we got on on uh, on the last time because I, you know I was thinking Woodruff, I was thinking a couple other guys. Oh, there's other guys in the conversation for sure. But Glasnow, he and you know what, he's he's definitely risen to be that. He really has a shot right now for the Cy Young, and, yeah. and it's funny there, how there is ace potential. We look at that. G. Lido, I thought was going to be a very strong guy. You know, starting out the month has had a very you know poor April, and so looking at that now, I think you know definitely it's a, it's a, it's a tight two guy race right now, and it's Cole and it's Glass now. Not saying someone else can sneak in. I definitely believe that in the end, but it's it's a, it's a heated battle right now, and they're both in the same division. So, right. So I. I it's good that we agree on those four. Like we said, we've known for for a few years now that Glass now has like the ace upside, of that course. ace potential. This is the first time we've ever actually seen him uh, realize that night in, night in and night out. He's really kind of showing off. You know, it'd be awesome to see if he can keep it up and really be in that Sion conversation, you know, in August, in September. Definitely. Definitely. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But yeah, those four guys, they lead the MLB in Fangraphs War. They lead the MLB in uh, Expected ERA. So... Uh, lot to be, lot to you know, very understandable top four, mm-hmm. and then my five is a bit of a curveball, <laughs> and I'm actually gonna say it's a bit, a bit of a splitter just because of my pick, and I'm actually putting Shohei Otani. Interesting. It's, it's, it's okay. Def- it's, def- it's definitely a curveball, but um, because he doesn't earn it on his pitching alone, he only has you know he has he has fewer starts, fewer innings pitched than everyone else we're talking about in yes. terms of pitching, but the fact that I see him not only when he's pitching. But he's batting during those starts, uh-huh. and that is just another level of value that these other pitchers simply cannot provide. It's, Understand that, it, yeah. it, It's completely, it's completely different than anything that twenty first century fans have ever seen. It's been a century since mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. anyone has been able to do something like this. Obviously, exactly. going back right. to Babe Ruth. So it's not a traditional fifth man because his pitching alone does not earn him the spot. But when we kind of factor in the fact that on all his starts, he's batting second in one of the best offenses in the American League, which is you know. He's, he's really batting in front of Trout, which yeah. is just a crazy thing to even, yeah. you know. When your pitcher is batting Trout's second. protecting him. Right. You, <laughs> have the, you have the best hitter of the generation protecting the pitcher. Yeah. It's yeah. really kind of mind-boggling. Um, so I have Otani as my fifth guy. That's interesting. That's so interesting. Uh, I, I, do, I, do, I do kind of admit it's kind of a gimmicky answer, but I, I feel like I, I, could not, I could not not put Otani on my mm-hmm. all-MLB team mm-hmm. in some way. So I, I, I kind of squeezed him into the fifth spot on my rotation. Uh, so what do you think about that, Travis? You know, I it's funny, and it's a stat I really want to look up because I I just it, it, I think it would be a very eye opening stat for a lot of people just watching Shohei and all of his starts because I I've, I've seen every start that he's done. It seems that the first inning always bases loaded. Those guys oh, walk always yeah. problems. But you know what's really interesting is when you watch the second inning through when he's finished pitching, which is either the fifth or the sixth inning, I feel like I'm seeing guys go three up, three down. And oh, yeah. It's, he, it's, if he catches stride it is. early it, it, in the it's game, it's amazing. I mean, he'll I mean, just carry it through the game, absolutely. And he's striking out guys left and right. I mean, we saw his his uh, his Ks per nine, I think, the last before last start. And he, was, he had like 16 Ks, and he only had seven innings pitched in the season. And it's just like... This guy literally is almost averaging 20 Ks per start. He is striking out people in record numbers. I really, really, you know, I, I can't say enough how impressed I am with Shohei Otani right now. The one thing, of course, that will bother me is, of course, the 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 season whip right now. I think his whip is actually like a 1.7, which and, is... And that is heavily due to that those walks. Exactly. He's, he, he's allowing so many walks in a game where it's, of course, 
causing him to, you know, make more mistakes if he leaves a guy, you know, lets it let lets a pitch, you know, a little bit far over the plate. It's definitely gonna it's definitely should get cleaned up a little bit. And I know that's one thing he definitely needs to fix with his game. But no, no, I mean it, it, it's an interesting pick that you had. Only thing I will say if we're looking at the full sample size, the full, you know, pitching, you know, every inning by inning, the first thing for Shohei is always a big you know, question. It's, it's almost a deal breaker. Like, can it he is. get through this inning and kind of have that confidence going into the game? Another, another thing I want to add on Otani, another reason why I really wanted to include him is if you look at, like, the... There's a, a, a leaderboard section on, on both, both baseball reference and fan graphs where they talk about championship win probability added. So it kind of... It's just a kind of an advanced equation that I don't fully understand, but it essentially tries to value... How much does this guy help you win the championship? Okay. And he currently leads the American League in that stat. Interesting. The guys that are ahead of him, according to baseball reference, are Acuna and Winker. Mm-hmm. But those are both National League guys. In the American League, Otani does top the list. He's right above guys like Jose Ramirez. Um, there's, there's, there's a handful of just kind of impactful guys on that list. That's definitely an interesting um, stat. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense just based on the way he kind of can... If he's not hitting great one night... Maybe he starts the next night and can uh, keep. He, he is the X factor for the Angels, right? Right. He, he is the X factor. He, I, I completely agree, and you know, I'm glad that you know these kind of, uh, you know, event advanced stats can sort of back that up yep. in some meaningful way. We see he's leading the AL in that championship wins probability yep. added. So I thought that was super interesting. I saw that number and I was like, okay, I see a stat that backs up what my eyes are seeing. Definitely. And now I've got to put him in my team. I made him my fifth starter. Definitely. So definitely. talk to me about your Duffy pick because that's the one spot we did not agree on. So yeah, no, I mean, make his case. I mean, I was checking, you know, as as the days of April were, you know, winding down, I was looking, I was like, I mean, I, I could not believe Dan, Danny Duffy had an ERA below 0.35. He had yeah. a 0.31 ERA, and the guy's made over, you know, over five, five starts now. But, I mean, incredible. The guy, it's interesting, he has 30 innings pitched right now on the season, and he only has 34 strikeouts. So you're looking at, you know, probably averaging about a strikeout, a little over a strikeout, uh, every inning. So he's getting a lot of ground balls, getting a lot of, you know, balls put in play. Unlike Shohei, who's going to be getting guys, you know, to strike out. Uh, I, I mean, I'll look at it and I'll say, I, I really cannot pass on the ERA. Right now he has a 0.6 ERA and he's 4-1 in the 2021 season with a 1.7 war uh, as a pitcher right now. Uh, whip currently under 1.0. I really thought it was kind of, you know what, He's pitching on the best team record-wise in the MLB right now, and he's their number one guy. I gotta include him in that in that in that discussion. So yeah. it, it, I think it's for some people it's it's a pick they don't really want to go with because you know you know what and I will I will think that th- this could be a very lucky pick because I think that you know you look at three months down the line is Danny Duffy gonna have these numbers? Probably not. Right. But you know what? I think I gotta give him credit for April and what he's done in April. Uh, super, super impressive right now with uh, with the starts he's had um, and, you know, just the way he's kind of elevated his game. But Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'll try to come back mm-hmm. on that. Um, I guess one of my big arguments against him was I saw only 30 innings pitched, which in my mind was not that much, but in, in, in all honesty, DeGrom's had 35 innings pitched. Yeah. So it's not a huge difference there. It is a difference, but it's not, it's not quite uh, as big of a landslide as I thought. Other guys have... Quite a bit more. There, there were guys who were right outside my top five starting pitchers that I really wanted to include, but I didn't. And I actually had them above, above a guy like Duffy because okay. of innings pitched. I'm talking about guys like uh, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber is actually currently yep. leading the league in innings pitched. Mm-hmm. And that's a stat. To, innings pitched to me is just kind of 
shows it just kind of increases your value if you can no, keep the same definitely. ERA but in more innings pitched you're just talking about uh, more innings of dominance and in, 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 more right yeah there's more more showing Easily. down of the Easily. offense you're helping your bullpen get rest and you kind of only have to rely on those like key like setup closure types um, and I think I think when you look at that that kind of stuff that is that is my number one thing when I'm looking at the end of the season all MLB team when you're looking at a pitching staff I think I want to look at you know who's throwing the most innings you know who's yeah. who's a guy who you know sometimes might be throwing 230 well the next guy who has a better ERA barely is only throwing 170 it's like well this guy went 70 or 60 more innings pitched than you and he literally has the, almost the same ERA so I'm going to definitely favor that kind of stuff yeah. um, more of that but continue of course with, with yeah. what you, your analysis uh, yeah I, I just I just I don't want to I don't want to you know count the guy out but I just don't think that you know, I, I respect that you're kind of acknowledging the performance he's had in April. It has been a very impressive ERA. He is, like you said, uh, kind of leading the rotation on the best record team in, in the league. Um, for me, I just think that the, the performance can't last too much longer. Um, and you may even agree with that. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think we're more, more or less in agreement on, you know, how, you know, what Duffy could be in the year 2021 and what Otani could be in the year definitely, 2021. Definitely, yeah. It just kind of comes down to how we stack things up. Um, I guess now is a good time to transition into our pick for the best reliever in mm-hmm. baseball. Pretty mm-hmm. much the closer of our um, of our twenty twenty one April mm-hmm. Long B team. So I'll let you go first, Travis. Who is your closer for the your your, your team? So my closer, which you know, he actually there's a pitcher that I think is actually doing a little bit better. But I chose this guy just by and I'll, and I'll discuss it. But right now, my closer for twenty twenty right now is Josh Hader. Okay. Basically, I. I really like with him is that when he comes in, he strikes you out. He right now leads all relievers with 19 strikeouts in 10 and two third innings pitched, has currently seven saves on the season, and has a .84 ERA on the season as well. Um, you know, the dominance continues from Josh Hader from when we first saw, saw him in, uh, I, I know his breakout season in 2018 when he came and pretty much kind of, you know, Yelich was the, the X factor on the offense that year. And then Hader was that guy that came out of the bullpen. And I think everyone was looking at, can can people even touch this guy? He, he's kind of like that Andrew Miller of the Cleveland Indians in 2016, where it's this left-hand sidearm, you know, guy. He throws heat. He has a sweeping slider against lefties. I mean, right. I, I don't know I don't know how many guys, how many Absolutely lefties can, can, can lefties even make contact with this guy. And so I have him as my number one for the ninth inning uh, reliever. Uh, and so that's basically who I went with. Um, I know there's another guy in the league right now that's doing, you know, I would say better ERA and more saves. So I think you might point him out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I went with Hader on that on that pick. But both guys, of course, are neck and neck right now. Yeah, I you actually completely are correct with. I actually did go Melanson. Melanson. I, know, I know that's who you're alluding to. Um, both Hader and Melanson have put together some really incredible months of April. I had to give Melanson the nod for a few reasons. So like we mentioned, Hader, he currently has a .84 ERA, which is so, so good. He got the job done against the Dodgers uh, this last weekend, whenever they call on him to do so. And like you said, Hader's strikeouts have been unreal. 16 uh, strikeouts per nine, that's just like an insane number. That you're, you're, you're looking at almost two strikeouts an inning, which when your job is to do the ninth inning, you're yep. getting two strikeouts an inning. Yeah, that means you don't have to get one guy out. Like besides the, your strikeouts, so no, exactly. I, what also I like is about that too is you're not really relying on the defense to make some stupid late inning error. You're almost just saying, you know what, guys, 
I got this. I'm going to go in there and just shut the door. You guys aren't going to make contact. I'm just going to literally make sure you guys can't hit the ball. And I like that with Hader a lot just because he is so dominant when he comes in the games. And you look at his you know, strikeouts um, every time he comes in the game. I mean, I think he's almost averaging almost two strikeouts in inning. So it, right. it's, it's, it's just it's crazy to see that kind of stuff and, from him. And I guess one of the reasons why I actually went Melanson instead mm-hmm. of Hader. Um, so Melanson does not have the same... Uh, Strikeouts per nine, it is mm-hmm. a lower number. It's down to 9.7 compared to haters, like around 16. Mm-hmm. But a reason why I did like Melanson a lot, obviously the ERA is a touch better, but... Um, I believe the whip is is, is very good. And, yeah. and I think the main reason for that, actually, I think they give out a similar amount of hits, but for me, a big difference was actually the walks as yep. well. So Hater actually gives up uh, over four walks per nine, which yep. would mean if he's doing like a two start or sorry a two inning outing, he's gonna give up at least one walk. That's yep. sort of what the math would yep. say. Um, and meanwhile, Melanson only point seven walks per nine. That's a crazy number. If he, in theory, you know, in a nine inning stretch, he might allow no walks, yep. one, one or zero. So that that kind of level of control right now and his ability to kind of locate and really make the hitters beat him, that kind of shows to me that he. Uh, I guess he kind of has great command over over the offenses that he's facing right mm-hmm. now, and he has faced some great offenses. Both have actually, both have had uh, had to get numerous saves against the Dodgers. Yeah, so yeah. kind of just noting that you know the fact that these closures are getting it done against elite uh, bats that yeah. kind of just kind of adds to our point of exactly. of how good they are. Exactly. Um, yeah. I do agree that it's a two man race, much like kind of shortstop and third base were earlier. Yeah, I'm glad we yeah. kind of touched on both. Um, and we're able to kind of you know have a back and forth. So I think you you pretty much agree that Melanson's right there with Hater. No, and I was looking at that earlier, and I was like, man, Melanson. You know, I kind of want to go Melanson, but I'll go. I'll stick with my guts. I'll go with Hater just because I like the strikeouts. Um, but you no, know, Melanson is. I mean, he's putting up the same numbers. I mean, he's got more saves. He's got a better ERA. He's got a better better WHIP. You know, less walks. Doesn't strike too many people out. Like he does. He just relies on the ground balls or the light light contact, which is very you know very strong as well. It's kind of like the Trevor Hoffman. But I mean, both guys are you know right now showing that they're you know elite of uh, of, of of elite pitching right now. So yeah, so I'm I'm glad we're kind of in consensus there on those two guys. Uh, one thing I want to do before we kind of uh, continue on. But actually, I want to ask you one question too. Okay, go ahead. And this is kind of just a it's kind of a small like little you know just like segment I want to put after all of our MLB you know, all MLB teams and all of our listing. I'll go month by month, but right now in April, who in your mind, one person only, who has caught your attention? Who is your Mr. April? Right. I'll kind of start with you. I, okay. I know we had a list of these people, but right now, who is Mr. April for you? So right now, if I had to pick one player as my player of April, I cannot go with anyone besides my guy, Mike Trout. Okay. It has to be really nice. It has nice. to be Mike. It has to be Mike. The offense is the best in the MLB right now. Um, some some guys like Buxton might lead in something here or there, but he's not played as many games as Trout. Trout's missing games himself, but um, I just think the way you know when the best player of the generation mm-hmm. is having his best month of his career, how can you not make him player of the month in my mind at least? Yeah. There were a couple other guys who I had to consider. I'm mm-hmm. not acting like he's running away with it. But for my money, I had to go with the guy who's having his best, you know, the best player I've ever seen is having the best month of his career. I had to go Mike Trout. You know, we already covered how great he was and when we discussed outfielders. His OPS numbers are leading the league. He's playing a great center field right now. Um, I had to go Mike. So, Charles, mm-hmm. are you going to agree or what, what, what's going on? You know what? I don't want to be, to the viewers, I don't want to be biased, but 
I'm going to agree, but also disagree. I'm going to say with the Angels, but I'm going to go with Shohei Otani. Okay. Basically, you kind of wrapped it up a little bit earlier. I mean, what he has been able to do this month, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, looking even at his OPS for hitting this month, I mean, the guy's still having a 900-plus OPS right now, and his slugging, of course, is above 600. I mean, he he's doing things that he just have never thought could be done after Babe Ruth exited the league. And so it's just insane what he has been able to do. And then, you know, looking at also the pitching staff side, you know, looking at some starts he had in 2020, and he kind of he came off that, you know, shoulder injury and did not look good at all. It's really, it's really nice to see him put that, you know, behind him and move forward. Pitching staff wise, I mean, he he's been he's been looking great on the mound as well. I mean, you you go on the mound and you say, okay, the first inning could be a little wild, but you know what? After he gets through that, gets comfortable, it's going to be smooth sailing for him for the pitching side and then on the hitting side. Every single time you come to the plate, you almost are like he's going to hit a homer. He's gonna he's gonna hit something. And then you know what? As we saw today, and we saw in the month of April. He steals bags too. It's really incredible. I mean, he gets walked and then he'll steal second and sometimes he'll even steal third. And it's like you have a speed demon. He's got the some of the best speed in the in the MLB right now. Yeah, today he turned that hit by pitch into a man on third. You base. cannot get more five tool to me than Shohei Otani right now. I think now. it's more than five as well. It's it, just it, it's, it's it's something we've it's never on seen before. Another level. And so I had to give him credit for my Mr. Ape right now. I know there's guys like Acuna, like DeGrom, like Trout, like Buxton that definitely, you know, earn that kind of stuff. But don't I mean none of those guys are pitching and hitting and doing it all that well. DeGrom is hitting very well, but he's yeah. only had about maybe seven at bats. Right. And he's not hitting 500 foot home runs and batting practice like yeah. like, like Otani. So, so yeah, I I really I really like you took a different direction with it. Um, I think you probably had the same, you probably were making this. I had the same thought as me where I thought I have to have Otani. He's somewhere he, on he's this page. He's definitely the story of April. I mean, yeah, I mean he, he you have to have him somewhere in this in this kind of conversation. No matter what fan you are, you have to say. I mean, I mean honestly, with Angels start the next homestand tomorrow. I I you know I mean we I know we got tickets for. This coming Saturday against the Dodgers, right? It's something that it's like, do I, I might want to even go up early and just see batting practice now because it, it's just, it's just it's something. Be, it's, it's surreal. Something, it's something surreal. that we haven't seen. So uh, I really like that you touched on something we have. Yeah, he, he's something we have not seen since Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. and the fact that someone is able to do something like this in a modern era is very crazy. He currently has a one hundred uh, one fifty eight uh, OPS plus. So that's saying he's about you know over fifty percent better than the average hitter. And if you look at ERA plus which is kind of measuring how much better his ERA is than other pitchers. His ERA plus for the year is sitting at 133. So he's well above average, yep. the average pitcher, and he's well above average, the average hitter. And he's yep. doing it both at the same time, oftentimes on the same day. That is something we have not seen since Babe Ruth a century ago. And that would play, they were playing a different game completely back yeah. then. Yeah. It was a game that was divided by color. It was a game where, you know... It was a game where starters are going 10 to 12 innings. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a... Com- there was no closer back then, it, yeah. It was it was a completely different era, and the fact that someone's doing this in the modern era is it's, just... Uh, it's going to be a story we tell our grandkids, honestly. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm really glad that we, we, we strung them into this. Um, I do like that pick a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, something I want to do before we sort of wrap up our sort of... Uh, our Awards all, our, our all MLB team, I do want to kind of touch on some guys who just did not make the cut... I feel like there are guys that it'd be disrespectful not to give them some mention. Mm-hmm. Just kind of make a case, like maybe why we didn't put them 
or you know someone that maybe some guys really deserve to be there, but someone else was really good in their position. So yep. Travis, did, did anyone does anyone come to mind for you that's kind of like in that <laughs> in that category? I mean, I know I've seen a lot lately from from Winkler in in yeah. Cincinnati. I mean, he's been on fire. His power is so is so good. You know, one guy as well is is that we talked about earlier is Jared Walsh. I mean, I I, I mean he has he has been just a such a inspiration and and a well needed impact from what the Angels needed right now. I know we're both Angel fans. We're talking about this, but Jared Walsh. I mean, looking at his average, looking at his on base and his slugging, it's it's doing incredible. And you know what you don't give him props for? He's a first baseman playing great right field outfield position. Right. I mean, he's literally a dual threat. He's making up for the Angels having two right fielders and, out I mean, of injury. I, I'm waiting for this to happen this year, but let, Jared Walsh has pitched innings in the major leagues. He throws 90-plus. He is a reliever as well. It'd be great to see. I want to see him and Shohei both hit a home run, both pitch in the same game. I think I think I'll lose my mind. I think yeah, I will lose that, that, my that mind. That will be the first and only time in MLB history that like two. But, I mean, yeah. J- Jared Walsh is one guy that I, I wish I could put on this list. I mean, he he's been such a joy to watch. He, I think he's literally that that guy on the Angels roster that you know is is no matter if it's a lefty or righty, he's literally going to go up there. And, Always a big threat, and, yeah. and, and, and will will be an impact in the game. So I, definitely I, a guy I really wish I could. Put I I completely agree. Walsh, it it, it felt rough leaving him yeah. off because he has had. You know, he had. It felt like he had a career month last season. Yep. He he starts. He becomes the the first baseman starter last season in in August, and mm-hmm. he really just kind of takes over. He took the position. He, yeah. He grew into it super well. It was super exciting to watch him sort of break out onto the scene right away. And I think a lot of people counted him out going into this year. They're like, okay, that, I, that I was will, his. I will admit, there's one of them right here. And right here as well. I think both of us are like Walsh. I is, was yeah. I, I I was always hoping he could be like a long-term option at first yeah. base. Obviously, Poole's uh, contract expiring after the season. Yeah. I was really hoping Walsh could uh, really uh, fill that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad to see he's actually doing it because we all had doubts just knowing that his sample size was so small in 2020, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's kept it going. I really hope he can keep it up. There are other guys too. Like you mentioned, Winker has had a really amazing... Uh, he's lead, he's towards the top of the league in OPS. Um, a guy like Bieber leading, yeah. leading the MLB in innings. A guy who's gonna lead the MLB in strikeouts year in year out. He's just such uh, an elite arm, really leading the Cleveland Indians as as their ace. Uh, a guy who, uh, we mentioned earlier, there are three. It's a three outfielder conversation. It's yep. Acuna, it's Bucks, and it's Trout as the big three. There was one guy who made me stop and think, and that's Bryce Harper. Okay. Bryce Harper's yep. numbers right now yep. are truly special. And not only that, I have him in fantasy, and he's stealing bags for me, which yeah. is something you don't really expect to get because Harper really is kind of transformed into this on-base slugging kind of guy. He's really not really the five-tool guy you maybe think of from back in the day when he was a young, a young stud, but these days he's still spry enough to steal some bags, and his, his power right now is on another level. His on-base, he's walking like no other. He's just been an elite outfielder. Unfortunately, he's fourth best right now in yeah. my book, and that's not good enough to make our team. But he was right there for me. I really do uh, think that Harper... I, I, I couldn't get through this section without mentioning Harper. Yeah. I feel like he had that. He had the... And I'm glad I'm glad you're on because I know me and you both voted for him for NL MVP in Vegas in our Vegas picks. And you know, it's it's looking really good as well right now. And so uh, you're, you're totally right with the Harper pick. Love what he's doing this year. I think people kind of got bagged him a little bit because of course you know leaving the nationals going out and getting a huge contract when people think he didn't deserve it you know what he's proven them all wrong and i, I mean I'm, I'm really happy for him this year and I, I really was hoping to see him kind of get back to that you know elite mvp form um back at mlb but um you know anyone else you, you want to bring up or you think about 
Um, yeah, th th there are more guys for sure that I really regret leaving off this list. Um, it's unfortunate we had to stick to we had to stick to you know ten you know ten players if you're factoring that DH and the the five starters. But uh, guys like Trent Grisham have put up you know sort of like a career month for them. Really kind of uh, impressive as you know a five tool player almost. He's his power has been surprising. His stealing bags like left and right. Uh, a guy like Mercedes actually missed my list. Yeah. Um, he has put up an absolute. I mean, it's hard to imagine this won't be his career month for his whole career. It's been a month that he will his, remember forever. His, his stock from where he started, you know, opening day to now has been the biggest increase in anyone in the league. Probably. It, you know, yeah, of course, of course. And so you got to give that margin so much credit because what he's been able to do. And I mean, geez, the, the, yeah. only, the only reason I couldn't put him is because JD has been that good at DH, mm -hmm. but I didn't wasn't able to put Mercedes. Um, a guy like Justin Turner missed my list. A guy like Bogarts missed my list. I had to kind of put them in this honorable mention category. Mm -hmm. Also, Brandon Woodruff, I think a guy who we both have high hopes for, might be a Cy Young National League sort of uh, upside kind of guy. We both, yep. we both put money on him in Vegas. Yep. He has lived up to that hype so far, but not good enough to be in our top fives. No. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Harper specifically for me was the guy who I really, I yeah. just, I just had to have this little section where we kind of talked about the guys who were close, but not quite there. I do think maybe in the next month or two, Harper will be making our sort of all MLB team when, when we update it for that point. Definitely. His, his, he's been a complete player, but, um, I guess now it's time for us to kind of shift into some awards. Yeah. If we had to give awards based on the month of April, we're talking MVP, we're talking Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. If we ha if the season ended today or at the end of April, what would we you know, what would we put our vote for? So, Chad, yeah. you want to start us off? Yeah, and again, I think I think we're gonna go through pretty smoothly with these. I think we're gonna agree with a lot of them. So, you know, starting out with the MVP, I think AL. I mean, it, it's is Mike Trout right now. I think that one is definitely a lock. Um, so I'm not gonna discuss about that right now. He he leads the MLB in so many stats: average, on base, slugging, OPS, OPS plus and intentional walks, which is kind of funny as well because right. he's getting that Barry Bonds treatment as well. I mean, the guy is... I, 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 I absolutely agree. Can't describe him. I absolutely agree. My AL MVP is also Mike Trout. I think the only guy that's anywhere in the conversation is Buxton, mm -hmm. and he has not had the same number of games played. Exactly. He's yeah. missed some time. Um, is he still being super impressive? Absolutely. Yeah. Does he have the chance? If, he can, if Buxton can keep this up, he could edge out Trout because of that defense, mm -hmm. because his team may end up with a better record. We'll see when we get there. But, um, yeah, right now for me, I agree. It has to be Trout. Just the way he's leading his team right now. It's, uh, it's it, like we said, best player of the generation, and it's his best month ever. Definitely. He's the MVP Definitely. right now. What, what about National League? NL, going to stay again with Acuna. Acuna right now is the NL MVP favorite. Um, you know, leading the NL in runs, home runs, slugging, OPS, OPS plus and total bases. Only guy I could actually see giving him a little bit of a threat is actually Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom, I think, is putting up numbers right now where he has a good shot to give Acuna a little bit of a scare when it comes to the MVP. So that is definitely some interesting race we could definitely see. You know, a pitcher getting back in the MVP discussion. We haven't seen that since Kershaw. And so uh, it, it, it's definitely, I think, a clear favorite right now. But so, um, Travis. with that... For my National League MVP... Pass to you. I actually went with the guy you mentioned as your runner-up. I actually have Jacob deGrom as my National really? League MVP as a runner-up. Okay, right wow. And it, it's it's almost impossible to say, okay, here's this elite starting pitcher, here's this elite outfielder five-tool player, who's better? Yeah. 
it's it's apples and oranges. They're playing the same sport, but it's a completely different job they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I just personally think that Jacob deGrom is doing his job slightly better than Acuna, I guess. I, I guess I'm mostly going off how consistent deGrom has been. Mm-hmm. Acuna, I do see, you know, he did have a, semi, a slight, I think he missed a series on injury. Yeah. A very yeah. minor minor ordeal, but I do think it kind of made him lose a step a bit. Um, he, he started so red hot, but uh, I do think he's kind of slowly crawling down back to earth. I feel like DeGrom, honestly, I don't know when he's going to call back to Earth. I think he's just kind of destined to stay on his He left Earth back in 2016 or something like that. And I I don't really know when he's coming back down. Uh, No, no, definitely. And and one thing I will point out with that is when when MVP is always kind of a tricky voting because, you know, when Kershaw won it and I believe when Verlander won it, you know, voters and a lot of the fans and also players were a little bit, you know, upset and, you know, couldn't understand because they said, you know, a positional, I cannot win a Cy Young ever, but... the pitcher can win a Cy Young and an MVP. Right. It doesn't make sense. And so I kind of get that a lot. And for me, I, I basically am saying if an, if a pitcher has a season that is on the historical side of just elite greatness, which is what Jacob DeGrom is doing right now. Yeah. If he has a season like that throughout the season, you know what? He's got my vote because he is doing things that no one has ever done in an individual season, you know, Probably, probably only five other times in, in MLB history. And so I will say that. I also will say that for me, I have to give you know about 90% of the focus to guys that are playing every single day who are getting out there 155 games out of the year. Um, some yeah. pitchers you know, only getting out there only 35 to 30, 34 starts a year. And so I yeah. will say that that's one thing I look at when I look at MVP is I want to make sure that you're going to give a little bit more favoritism to the guy who's playing on the team every single day. You know, and that, all that stuff. And yeah. that argument makes a lot of sense. I guess I just had to go for DeGrom, um, just like I said, of how much better I think he is than his competition. Um, if you look at the current baseball reference war, I believe they're actually tied. Currently, Jacob DeGrom is sitting at 1.7 baseball reference war. Acuna currently sitting at 1.7 baseball reference war. Okay. If you look at Fangraph's war, it's a slight edge towards Jacob DeGrom. Acuna sitting at 2.0 flat, whereas DeGrom is 2.1. But you can see how close that is. It really is just a neck-and-neck race between a pitcher and a, and a position player. Yep. Really hard to compare them. We disagree, but, you know, I, we agree it's a two-man race. Yeah. So, yeah. as of right now... are two-man race. As of April, those are the two guys. Exactly. Uh, so now we have to shift into Cy Young. And Cy Young should be pretty easy. Because I know the NL will be the same. <laughs> We're going to go with Jacob DeGrom for NL Cy Young right now. And that's Nothing really, more needs to be said. No questions Lock about it in. That. Let's yeah. go to AL. AL, that's going to be Garrett Cole. And I think we definitely both agree on that We as agree. Well. So Garrett it's going to be the boys of New York. Yeah. New York City representing uh, the, the Cy Young right now so far. Both guys yeah. have been elite. Both guys are, uh, I mean, true aces of MLB right now and kind of the era that we're in right now. Yeah. Kind of leading the 20s. They are definitely. I will say it is kind of, it is, you know, it's, I guess it's not refreshing, but it's, I do enjoy seeing the guys who have been the premier one and two best starters of the last three, four years. They're the guys who are continuing this 2021 season in April being the best at their job, even still. Yeah. They are proving that the money that they were given in their contract. It's, it was earned. Yeah. They're still putting up the insane numbers that they are getting paid to put up, and they're doing it night in and night out whenever they get the you know get the call to start. So definitely, definitely. Those are the two easy picks. I'm glad we agree. Easy, easy. Now, now, now moving to the rookie of the year, though, and this will I think get a little bit 
it, feisty and get a little bit, you know, different. It sounds like you got something up your sleeve, but <laughs> what, what's going on? So, you know what? I'll start with you this time because I want to see what you have to offer. But right now, AL Rookie of the Year, what right now is, is your is your pick? So I went with Mercedes. Okay. Because he is putting up it, it just an unreal an unreal uh you know a performance for his his you know he's playing dh which is always kind of maybe a bit of a knock but your don got it uh in 2019 as a dh um i just think the way mercedes is batting right now i have to put him as the as a rookie of the year his numbers are only second to uh jd martinez uh in this position and jd martinez is an mvp candidate so mercedes is my al rookie of the year and you know what? I'll give you credit on that because you did your homework, and I obviously did not. So oh yeah, I did not. You know, I mean, Mercedes was a guy. I was like, you know what? Rookie of the year is hard because you definitely have to figure out. You know who who, you know, looking at last season and in twenty twenty, some guys might have had twenty nine games played, and they're still eligible for rookie of the year this year. Kind of like Randy Rosarina. That was kind of a big shocker. I didn't really realize that until you know February that he was still a a rookie of the year candidate. The way I went without, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm definitely gonna say you're right, and I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna argue that it definitely beats my pick. Okay. My guy though was uh, was Nate Lowe on the Texas Rangers. Okay. Uh, other than Mercedes, he currently is second in the MLB and RBIs right now, and he currently leads uh, all rookies right now with home runs. And so rookies and RBIs. How many is that? Uh, I believe he has six right now. Okay. So he has six right now, and it and, it, and it's definitely um, at least in the AL that he leads that. Uh, but right now, Nate Lowe is kind of burst on the scene with the Rangers, and he's been just kind of this this unique. Him and Solak have been this unique spark plug that's just kind of like, wow. I mean, it you, might show a bright future there. It does, honestly. So Nate Lowe for me is is definitely putting on a very very good show right now up in or down in Texas, and so I had to give him credit. Of course, knowing that Mercedes no, yeah. right now would it, be it, a rookie, and you know what, you're right. It, it's a it, guy it, I totally forgot about. It's very tricky business, kind of trying to figure out who qualifies as a rookie and who doesn't, and especially factoring that 2020 we had last year at the short season. I thought to myself, okay, Brian Hayes played a bit, but does he qualify? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he does. He does. Does yeah. Ian Anderson qualify? He pitched a bit. He does. Yeah. yeah. Jared Walsh played a bit. Does he qualify? I don't think he does. But it, it, it's weird. It, You're right. It, it, it is kind of off. So I, you know, I understand why Mercedes could slip under the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so yeah, I I think I think we're in agreement there uh, on those rookie of the year uh, picks and, for and, AL. And it's funny because even your mom Mercedes was my was my pick right next to JD Martinez for DH. So right. he has to be the rookie of the year right now with just what he's doing at the plate. I mean, it's no question about it. Mercedes is putting on a unique, yeah. unique start to his yeah. career. Yeah, absolutely a monumental month for him. Uh, I guess a guy who is my favorite for the National League Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with Trevor Ro- Trevor Rogers, pitcher for the Miami Marlins. And he, for a rookie, what he's done so far has been really, really astounding. Uh, we're talking about a 1.29 ERA. We're talking about he already has earned 1.0 war, according to Fangraphs, which is, you know, for a first month of your rookie campaign is super impressive. We're talking about 12.21 strikeouts per nine and only 3.21 walks per nine. So his strikeouts and walks, he has it all, you know, locked in. He's not having any control issues. He has no problem generating those whiffs. Um, and overall, just all in all, he's just been a super, a super, I would say a surprise. I don't think anyone had him had him as their pick going into the season, yeah. unless you're maybe a Marlins fan. Um, I didn't see him coming, but already with that three and one record on a team that has you know 
a bit of a questionable supporting cast. Mm-hmm. He's been great. Um, I think you're maybe in agreement. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Yes. Okay. Yep. So everything you said is spot on. Uh, ERA is 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 super super good right now. Uh, also, you know, having an ERA plus of three fifteen right now as well. So I mean, he, right. he's definitely doing it. Um, it's and he, very unreal numbers. It, it, it's a very it's a very at least good surprise for the you know Miami Marlins because you know you're looking at you know this season. I think a lot of them were saying you know six two Sanchez would be the clear favorite for the rookie of the year. Um, currently a star of the year. Uh, I think it was either injured or he is... I think he just spent the time in the minors. He might be in the minors, too. So, some work. so definitely, of course, not pitching yet for the Marlins this year. But, I mean, Trevor Rogers has been a total bright spot for that organization right now and that team um, to go along with uh, Pablo Lopez and to go along with Alcantara. It's it's looking like a good pitching staff team. And they're one of, they're one of the teams that I really think could, could be that little that little, you know annoying team right. of the NL East. I mean, you're looking at the last month, I guarantee some things are like, you know what, okay, cool. Looking at this series, okay, we play the Pirates, we play this team, and then we play the Marlins. Okay, you might go into Miami, and you might lose three or four, and it's like, we couldn't beat the Marlins, but they're just that team that's just going to stay with you and kind of bug you. Yeah. So, um, um, that makes a lot of sense, and I like that you mentioned that Sanchez, uh, yeah, Sixto is like, uh, he put on a very incredible 2020, and he hasn't really made his his big, uh, you know, explosive start to this season mm-hmm. yet. But looking at those two guys going forwards, we're talking about in five years from now, having Sanchez and Rogers as like your one and two in some order, mm-hmm. that's going to be super, uh, yeah. a super big threat in a, in a division that's already super a tight race, uh, you know, already to start off. So yeah, I, I, I think we're in, in total agreement there on Trevor Rogers. Um, a lot of agreement overall for mm-hmm. our April picks. I think that, you know, with only one month under our belts this season, uh, a lot of the picks kind of, uh, were a bit, you know, some some are a bit obvious, and some were kind of obviously two man races, and we yeah, kind of yeah. were able to make that clear. So I'm glad that there wasn't too much, uh, you know, controversy there, and I think we got through it pretty well. Definitely, definitely. I'm glad we actually got to, you know, see who we thought, and we actually saw ourselves agree on a lot of those things. And you know, maybe as 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 the season gets longer, we'll kind of get more, you know, more closer to what we we have our our picks. And honestly, come. August come September, some of these picks could just be way off. We might think totally differently. Right. But, you know, As that sample size goes up, our, our picks are going to slowly tend more and more towards, you know, what the actual AL and MVP are probably going to be, what the actual uh, uh, MLB, all MLB team is actually going to be. So we'll see when we get there. But I think for now, we're in a good spot for our kind of April analysis of, of, of these players. Perfect, perfect. Well, you know what? That pretty much wraps everything up on this show, uh, covering your pretty much team April and your, you know, kind of the start, the first month of the season. Hey, I'll say this. I can definitely tell that probably by the end of May, there's going to be some drastic changes probably happening in MLB. You're going to see guys, you're going to see teams, you know, will the Royals be there? Will the Red Sox be the strong presence of the offense of the American League? We'll definitely be seeing those kind of changes happen. And, of course, you know, taking you guys week by week. But, you know what, I will say April is always kind of an interesting month because I think a lot of people get almost too high hopes sometimes where they just, they, they really 100%. almost jump on a bandwagon or they, or they jump on this train. They're like, we're the best. But, you know what, like I said, it's only April. Last year this time, teams are already starting to clinch. Mm-hmm. Right now the Brewers are looking at the number one spot for the playoffs. But right now we're back to that marathon of a race. And so... It'll be really interesting to see what we get and to see, you know, how certain teams, uh, certain teams react. Um, moving forward to kind of, you know, last second, you know, Angels talk, because I know we want to, of course, cover the Angels. This week, you know, we're looking at a four-game stretch with the Tampa Bay Rays. That should be very interesting. I, tomorrow I will, night. I will say tomorrow night, 
if we get to see Shohei Otani versus Tyler Glass now, that is going to be such a phenomenal matchup. It's just going to be two absolute freaks of nature on the mound. Yes, yes. Shohei Otani, for those who don't know, was beamed on the elbow today. And if that prevents him from pitching, I'm going to be so livid. Because that would be robbing baseball of something we need to see. Yes, yes. We need to see these <laughs> flamethrowers on the mound. Uh, according to Joe Madden, if Otani feels good to when he makes up tomorrow, he's allowed to pitch and bat. And so seeing that will just be so much fun. It will be. Against a, a, a race team that won the American League last it year. Be, yes. That would be such a... It's going to be a fun series. I it really hope be. the Angels can... Uh, you know, currently, I believe they're a 500 team right now. I think they... I really hope that they can, uh, you know, kind of straighten out and stay on the winning trend. It does, um, yeah. Yep. The AOS is tight right now. And yep. so I hope that they can you yep. know, and then figure of course, it out. And then, of course, finishing the weekend with a nice little... Freeway series. Freeway series. And we, me and Alex will actually be there on Saturday night yeah, the, for the, the, uh, the, game two of the series. Yeah, but the Dodgers are taking a trip down the five and they will be at the big A and we will be there to watch. It will be a very fun weekend. We're gonna be it's it's fun to see the Angels this week playing the 2020 World Series teams. That's I didn't realize that. Yeah, so it, it, you're almost We're going playing, to raise the Dodgers. You would say almost the best week is this Angels week because you're playing the best competition from the 2020 season. So it'll be really fun. And to see what we have to offer and, you know, just kind of see the team we have. We have guys that are now healthy. We have Rendon. He's starting to click a lot more than he did, oh, yeah. you know, when he first came back in the Texas series. So Seeing him protect Trout just kind of totally yes. changes the front of our lineup. We really it saw does. that on full display Saturday night, which was just in the offensive showcase by the Angels. Mm-hmm. Today, it didn't happen. Sunday, the offense, they got shut out, actually. I really hope they can bounce back and prove a point against the Rays. And one last point, and this is actually a... a very intriguing matchup that I know we didn't talk about, and I hope people are still listening to the podcast right now, but Tuesday, the Astros take their first trip back to New York to play the Yankees. Wow. In Yankee Stadium since the whole debacle, since the Altuve walk-off. The first time Yankee fans are going to be able to unleash I wanted to bring that up because... On the Astros. That was... I saw that in the schedule, and I'm like, I got to bring this up in the podcast. This... I, I know, I've been as a baseball fan, I've been waiting for this. I kind of want to see if I can somehow tune into that that Tuesday game. It should be very exciting. It will be very exciting to see, you know, each guy come up on the Astros and to see, you know, what happens. But, you know, Yankee fans are going to be the guys they're that... They're going to be ruthless. You, I could see a Yankee fan jumping onto the field and, and trying to go, you know... Yeah, they're going to go... Kick ta- the crap out of... They're going to go tackle yeah, whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. Brantley or even Gurriel. The, or Gurriel or any of that stuff. But it, it'll be a great series. It should be a really fun week of baseball um, ahead of us. So, um, you know, excited to see what uh, what May has to offer and what, you know, we can get from uh, the first full week of May. But... Yeah, I guess we'll touch on that next week. So hopefully we have some exciting baseball to cover. Exactly. I hope this week's good definitely, to us. Definitely. So yeah, I kind of rounding it out. Uh, excited for what's gonna, what's to come this week, and then you should expect the the same kind of podcast a month from now, so we can go over our May teams. Uh, excited for that. So hopefully we got a good week of baseball ahead of us. And Charles, I think that's it. That should be everything. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I really appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next week on the Two Tools Podcast. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>